Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Revolution Recap, coming to you after the New England Revolution's 2-0 home win over Inter-Miami. 19-year-old homegrown Damian Rivera making his first MLS start gave the Revolution a dream start with a goal just over 60 seconds into the match, and Miami suffered two early first-half injuries, then got a 60th-minute red card before the Revolution doubled their lead in the 64th minute through Adam Buxa. Another red card in the 76th minute to Miami meant it was smooth sailing from there for the Revolution as they picked up just their third winner of the season uh, and got a shutout in Matt Turner's season debut. I'm Sean Donahue. Joining me today is Sam Minton from the Bent Musket. Sam, how's it going? Doing good, doing good. Obviously, it's great when we're able to talk about a revolution win instead of a revolution loss. So uh, definitely a great night to be a Rev fan. Yeah, it's been a, a weird, a kind of the opposite of last season where we've had a lot more losses to talk about. So it's nice to have a, a win to talk about uh, finally and a, and a very dominant win too. Um, it was certainly a great performance by the Revolution, although I, I would say Miami didn't put up uh, too much of a fight thanks in part to the two early injuries and, and the red cards. I think they, they they lost their center back to injury and then they got a red card to one of their center backs and they got a red card to the other center back and they were at a sub. So it wasn't it wasn't the uh, the best fight from Miami, but uh, with that in mind, let's get right into our key takeaways, which are brought to you by our friends at The Rebellion. Make sure you can check them out at Any Rebellion on Twitter and on their website, anyrebellion.org. Uh, Sam, what's, what's your key takeaway from this one? I mean, it's probably, you know, one of the first things to happen in the match. Uh, Damien Rivera getting his first start, getting his first goal with his first shot on pretty much his first touch. It was a, a night of first for him. I mean, it was absolutely stunning just seeing how quickly it developed seeing his ability on the ball and just, you know, being able to put in the back of the net. And I think that was also really big for the revolution as a whole, too. They haven't gotten off to the greatest of starts sometimes. And being able to show up on time, get that lead early, it kind of, you know, set the tone for the rest of the night. You could sense that, you know, maybe this is a game that the revolution are able to pull off. You know, they're able to get three points just because they were so dominant to start the game. And obviously, it's important for Rivera, uh, you know, getting that start. It was interesting just hearing, you know, Bruce Arena talk about giving him that first start. And also, too, you know, apparently Andrew Farrell and Matt Turner, you know, they were very complimentary. Uh, I think Turner even kind of gave him a little uh, pregame speech uh, before the game in the pregame huddle, just talking to him. And then also, too, uh, Carlos Hill was very complimentary of uh, Damian Rivera as well. So I think it's a really big boost for him. Obviously, a homegrown kid, only 19 years old, getting a start, getting the start at home. I, it was also Bayside night. He had a ton of his friends and family here. It, it was a storybook night for him. And overall, it's it should be for Revolution fans, too, just because he is such a young kid. He has that raw talent. And he could possibly become someone who is a fixture in the starting 11. Obviously, it's too early to say that now. You know, it's great that he scored, but, you know, don't go too far. But... He's, he's shown that ability, and I think, you know, his future is bright. I remember talking to Noel Buck. He mentioned his mentality chains and that he's just approaching the game in a different way. So I think Revolution fans should be really excited with Damian Rivera and just being able to see him get that first goal was a great moment for him as well as just a great moment for the club. 
Yeah, and he had a, a pretty good night for the Revolution. 46 touches, 79.3% passing accuracy, scored on his only shot of the game. Um, a couple of defensive actions as well. He did get a tackle in there and a clearance, uh, earned two fouls for the Revolution. So he was, he was pretty active for the Revs in his first um, his first ever start for the Revolution. And, you know, we talked a lot about on this podcast before about, you know, kind of the Revolution lacking attacking depth um, in midfield and kind of guys that can come off the bench and change the game or even guys that can go into the starting lineup and kind of change the game offensively. Um, especially before the revolution signed Barrero. And, you know, the one guy you kind of look to as, as kind of the wild card is Damian Rivera. And could he kind of, you know, develop into that guy that could be your option off the bench to kind of change the game and the attack or your option as, you know, as a starter to kind of change the game. Um, and then maybe allow you to bring Boateng off the bench. So for him to step up in this game, score that early goal and, you know, overall play really well and, and be pretty involved in the game, I think is, is huge for the revolution. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons, one, because of that, you know, attacking depth that the revolution, I think need in midfield and have been lacking. Um, but two, also, you know, you talk about the revolution's Academy, um, you know, Diego Fagundes was a great player they produced, but you know he's no longer part of the team. Scott Caldwell was a good player that they produced. He's no longer part of the team. There, ha- there is nobody on this current roster that you know has contributed. Um, that's a homegrown player, so they they need a guy like Rivera to step up just to just to show that the academy is producing guys. And you know, Bruce Ring even talked about that a little bit after the game that. You know, they, they need to give these guys more opportunities, the young guys opportunities to, to, to show themselves. But he doesn't want to do it in a situation uh, where it could cost the team's points. Um, so for Bruce to put him out here, it shows that Bruce has a level of faith in him that, you know, he knew he wasn't going to be a guy that cost the team points. And, and, and more than that, he went out there and scored the goal. So uh, I think this is huge for the revolution all around that, you know, Rivera played the way that he did and that he's now become an option for the revolution, you know, either off the bench or in the starting lineup. Yeah, and it'll just be interesting kind of moving forward, obviously. You have a guy like Barrero coming in, but can he continue to get more minutes? Can he possibly continue to get more starts? I mean, with how he performed, he he definitely showed that he's capable and I would say deserving of some more minutes. So it'll be interesting to see just how how much more he's used and seeing how he builds from this. Because obviously it's great to score your first goal, but you want you want to continue to grow and continue to you know, hopefully score goals and just make an impact. So that's, he's definitely someone that Revolution fans should uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's kind of bury a guy like Arnold Tristison even further down the depth chart if he keeps playing this way. So uh, that's that's kind of the the other side of this that'll be interesting to watch when you talk about kind of the Revolution's overpriced international signings that Bruce made a couple of years ago and, and Tristison and Captoon that haven't really worked out. Although uh, I thought Captoon played pretty well today, but it's pretty easy to play pretty well when you're playing in midfield against a nine man team. But so I don't know how much I can take away from that. Um, also, also uh, happy birthday, uh, Arnold Tristison. Oh, good, good point. Happy birthday, Arnold Tristison. And enjoy your zero <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Ouch. Um, anyway, so my my takeaway was about the Revolution's formation switch. Um, I, we know Bruce Arena hates to talk about formations, but there was a clear formation switch in this one. No longer going with two strikers, a, a four-five-one or a four-two-three-one, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the, the Revolution played with five in the midfield. Tommy McNamara played beside Matt Polster as defensive midfield. Uh, we talked about Rivera getting his first start as sort of a left winger. Uh, Sebastian Lejet played more out on the right in this one with Carlos Hill in the center, although a couple times the two of them switched a bit. Um, so it was, you know, very different midfield for the Revolution. Five players there, only one striker. And to me, it looked a lot more balanced for the Revolution 
uh, both attacking and defensively. I think there were a lot more outlets for the Revolution on the wings. Um, you know, when the fullbacks got forward with Tommy McNamara playing more as a defensive midfielder beside Polster, there was more coverage um, and just a lot more width. And the Revolution were able to maintain really good possession. They created a lot of chances. They should have scored more goals than they did. Um, and to me, it looked like this lineup, especially with Gustavo Bo out, makes a lot more sense for the Revolution. And I'm surprised we haven't seen this formation uh, sooner in the season. Um, I think part of the reason we haven't is what I've talked about before is that the Revolution are kind of lacking wingers on the roster, at least until Barrero signed. Um, but they found a way to make it work today with Rivera uh, and, and Leggett playing as the wings. And I, I just thought the 4-5-1 looked a lot better for the Revolution. And to me, as long as Gustavo Bowe's out, it makes a ton more sense for the Revolution to be playing this way. Again, with the caveat that I don't think Miami put up too much of a fight in this one. But Sam, to me, it made the 4-5-1 looked good. And I think it's something that they need to continue with, at least until Gustavo Bowe gets back, right? No, definitely. And I think a key part of it, uh, you know, my colleague Seth McCumber joined me in the press box uh, for this match. And he, he mentioned just having uh, Tommy Mack and uh, Polster. They were kind of here too, you know, sixes defensive mids. And I think they played an important role. Matt Polster has continued to be the unsung hero. He's been able to score some goals and get some secondary assists now. But just his ability to press, you know, win the ball back. He, he's great at that. And obviously, I think Tommy Mack, should ideally be someone you bring in off the bench. But with how you don't have Arnold Tristison playing well, you don't have a guy like Wilford Captain playing well, you, you might as well give him minutes. So I thought that even Tommy Mack, I thought he looked pretty well just playing that number six role, making life easier for those center backs and also easier for Matt Turner as well too. Um, but I would definitely agree. It, it's tough because obviously you have Gustavo Bo. As your DP, when he's healthy, you want to get him back on the field, and, and ideally that means two strikers. Uh, but th- this formation, whether you want to call it 4-5-1, 4-2-3-1, whatever it is, it, it seems to really work well for the Revolution. And obviously, like you mentioned, uh, Barrero's coming in. He could be someone who you know, attacks from the wings. Obviously, you're getting that from a player like DeWan Jones, but adding a player in the midfield who's able to do that could be a real game-changer and kind of get the Revs on the next level in terms of this season, obviously they're at the bottom of the Eastern conference. They want to be better. So I think ideally this is the formation that you'll see. Obviously there's questions about books of possibly getting transferred. So maybe it's easier to play this with the lone striker up top, Uh, but it definitely seems to work for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they are able to incorporate that lone striker. If they are, when a guy like Gustavo Bo comes back. Yeah, and you mentioned Buxa might be going away, and that might make it you know kind of forced into playing this this one striker role. But I, I, since we brought it up, I do want to ask you: Do you think it works the same way if that lone striker is Gustavo Bo instead of Adam Buxa, who's kind of more of a target up there? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I will give Gustavo Bo credit his kind of hold up play and just ability to play as a lone striker. Definitely, I would say has improved since he first arrived here. But still, it's not the same as having a guy like Adam Buxa. You saw it today just Buxa's ability to whether it be in the air or just with his strength you know those those two yellow cards were drawn because Adam Buxa's you know hold up play and just ability to you know draw those fouls so I think it is a little bit different I would agree with you that it's different when you have a guy like Gustavo Bo so ideally you probably would want to go get another striker uh if Buxa is to leave uh but you have to give credit to Bo. I think it has improved, but he still has. If he's going to be that lone striker, he still has some ways to go, and it's kind of not really the player he is. He's he's not an Adam Buxa like player, you know. He's not going to be you know going out for balls and winning duels all the time. He's more of a guy who needs to get his shots and 
most of the time or you know a good amount of the time he's able to find the back of the net uh so i i would have to say it, it is different so it'll be interesting to see if a guy like Bucha does leave just how the revolution react to that and we talked about the formation change we talked about some of the lineup changes what we didn't really talk about yet is matt turner making a season debut and henry kessler returning to the starting 11 how important were those two changes for the revolution in this match and in getting the shutout yeah i, I would have to say I don't want to, you know, seem too much, but it, it, it was crucial. You know, after the game, I got to ask, you know, Bruce Arena just, you know, how it was having Turner back. And he mentioned that, you know, he gives the players confidence when he's in between the net. And I think that's true. Obviously, you, you have a back line who can perform well. But when you have a goalie like our goalkeeper, like Matt Turner, who's just able to make these great saves, obviously he wasn't tested that much tonight. But, he, you know, he did make some, you know, good saves in the first half, and he answered the bell when he was needed. And he's just someone you can constantly rely on. So seeing that, you know, Turner's a guy that gives his players confidence, I think it was part of the reason that the back line looked so well. But obviously, having Henry Kessler back, too, was important, just because of the relationship he has with uh, Andrew Farrell. Obviously, he's a lot younger. Uh, Bruce Arena flat out was like, he's our best defender. So I think it's really important to have those two guys. Obviously, you're going to have to prepare for life uh, without Matt Turner soon. But you also have a guy like Henry Kessler, who is their best defender. And obviously, uh, we might get into it more later. The Revolution are really high on Petrovich, so I think fans, obviously, they should measure their expectations. But when Matt Turner does leave, it seems like the Revolution are to be in somewhat decent hands. Uh, Turner complimented him. Arena went out of his way to compliment him. Uh, So I think it's crucial to have Turner and Kessler, but especially having a guy like Kessler who's going to be here for a lot longer in the sense of the more recent times uh, than Turner, it's very crucial in just the chemistry he has and the ability he has, especially, you know, compared to a guy like Omar Gonzalez or, you know, John Bell has had his struggles too as well. Uh, So definitely very crucial that those guys were able to return to the field. And it's definitely part of the reason they were able to get the clean sheet and the three points. Yeah, and, and I actually want to jump into Petrovic now because we didn't actually get any questions about him for this one. Um, but it did stand out to me that he made the bench in this game. You know, Brad Knighton wasn't there. Earl Evers wasn't there. Uh, Jackson wasn't there. So it, it, he hasn't been here very long, but Bruce Arena was confident enough in him to put him on the bench. And I, I think that's a clear sign, as any, that, you know, as soon as Matt Turner is gone, it's Petrovic that's stepping up. And, uh, you know, we'll probably see Petrovic in the Open Cup game, maybe make his debut uh, midweek in a, in a you know, week and a half. But do, do you read anything into him making the bench? Because to me, it, it was a, you know, a sure sign that they trust him. Um, I would have thought Brad Knighton, you know, given that Petrovic hasn't been here very long, would have been the backup for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I exactly read too much into it. I think it's a great point that you mentioned just because maybe it's, hey, get on the field, kind of get that experience. Also, too, just kind of get to you know be with your teammates. Obviously, he's still a young kid. He's coming over from Serbia, new language, and entirely you know just new culture. And my colleague, Seth McCumber, uh, talked with Ilya Stolika, kind of just who talked about you know how difficult that change can be. Uh, so I think p- that was probably part of the reason that he's on the bench. But I think you do make a good point. What really stood out to me was Bruce Arena just flat out saying that this, uh, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, he's going to be, he looks like he's going to be a really good goalkeeper. And Matt Turner was also very complimentary. He said that when he was, obviously, uh, Petrovic is a lot younger than Turner. When Turner was Petrovic's age, he said he wasn't as talented as Petrovic was. So when you 
you have a guy like Matt Turner who's headed to Arsenal saying how talented he is. You have a guy like Bruce Arena who's been around the game for so long saying that he's going to be good, just how talented he is. There seems to be a lot of reason to, obviously with Bruce Arena, some international transfers haven't been that great. But I think when it comes to Petrovic, there's a lot of reason to be excited about him. Obviously, again, he's a young kid. It's going to take take him some time to adjust. But from everything we've heard, he's a great shot stopper. Might need some work of his feet, but that sounds a whole lot like Matt Turner. And uh, he's doing quite well right now. Uh, so I've been really impressed just with what I've been hearing. Obviously, uh, the media got to speak to him for the first time. And it just seems like he's going to be a player who makes an impact uh, right away. Obviously, you have to measure those expectations. But just from what we've been hearing, he sounds like a really impressive player. Yeah, I, for one, am very excited to see what he brings when he does get his opportunity. And I, and I hope it comes in that Open Cup game. I think that would be a good chance to get him his first minutes. Before we jump into listener questions, I want to take a minute to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, Galasho Kits. Galasho Kits is the go-to place to bring unique vintage jerseys into your home. The passion for the beautiful game doesn't have borders, and neither does the selection. And if you head to GalakoKits.com, that's G-O-L-A-C-O Kits.com today, you can get 15% off your order using the code REVSRECAP. That's REVSRECAP at checkout for 15% off your order. If you're a fan of pink kits like Inter Miami's today, but couldn't possibly buy theirs as a Revolution fan, they've got plenty of cool pink kits there as well uh, from other clubs throughout the world. And you can use code RevsRecap at checkout for 15% off any of them. I do know this because I Googled pink at Galaco Kits earlier, so there are plenty of cool ones if you're interested. <laughs> With that in mind, lots of listener questions. Let's jump right in. Uh, Ryan Duplicia on Twitter says he thought the Revs played a fantastic night, but he figured they would have done a bit more with Miami down two players. Other than that, this was a great game. Also, it was great to see Turner back. Um, I don't know about you, Sam, but I kind of agree with that statement. I thought the Revolution would have scored a few more, given that Miami, who was down two guys in both of their center backs and didn't have any subs left, a little disappointed the Revs didn't put the foot on the gas a bit more late on to, to add to that lead. How about you? Yeah, I mean, ideally, it would have been nice to see them get another goal or two, but I think just how this season has been, We'll, we'll take the three points and just be uh, happy about it. Uh, but I thought they were able to get that pressure. It's kind of kind of the theme of the entire you know start of the season. They sometimes just miss that final touch. So I don't think there's reason to be too worried about it. Again, they were able to get the win <laughs> with how the season has started. All that really matters. Uh, but definitely something to keep an eye on. No, I mean, you can't complain about a 2 nothing win. But it would have been nice to see them score a few more. And I think they had the opportunity to do so. Carles Heel had a great chance late in the game um, where he was basically wide open in the box and had all the time in the world and sent it wide. Um, disappointed he didn't finish that one. But again, three points is three points and a you know, two-goal win. Revs were very comfortable. They never really looked in doubt this time. So nothing to complain about. Um, Randy LH had a couple of questions. The first one was, I thought the Jet looked really good in this game, very involved, especially defensively, and probably deserved a goal. Thoughts on his performance? And I will note Bruce Arena mentioned that he thought this was his best game under Revs uniform. Um, Sam, what, what did you think of the Jet's performance? Yeah, I thought, it, you know, he had a good performance. He just kind of looked, I would just say, more at home. He just looked better out there. I was going to mention, you know, when they were uh, down two men, it just seemed like, uh, you know, once they, even that first red card, that they were trying to get legit a goal, and he had some good opportunities. I believe he uh, hit the post on one of them. So it it's not exactly encouraging to see him, you know, getting these chances and missing. But I thought overall, when you look at his game, Oh, he looks pretty impressive. You want to see more from him. He's kind of stalled out in the scoring department uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, but I think it was a step in the right direction for him. And obviously, if you're able to get him, Carlos Heel, and you know the two other midfielders going, 
you have a very strong midfield and Legette has the ability to be a difference maker. He can score some beautiful goals. He can make an impact in the attack. Uh, and also, too, he was able to, not not really uh, directly, but he was able to get that yellow card, too, as well on that weird throwing exchange. So that was good as well. But definitely a step in the right direction for Legette. And hopefully he's able to get that goal soon. Yeah, and Bruce Arena mentioned he thought he should have scored in this one. And I think he should have. He had three shots, none on target. One did hit the post. I, one, one stat I wasn't aware of um, that I thought was interesting they mentioned in the broadcast is that going into the game, Legette had nine shots on target, with let up, which leads all Revolution players. Um, so yeah, you would, you would like to see him score a few more and do more with those chances. But overall, I did think he had a very good game. Um, you know, could have been his best game for the revolution in a revolution uniform. I think about that more, but, uh, it was interesting that Bruce, that Bruce made that comment. Um, Randy also asked, what formation do you see us going to when Bo and Barrero are ready to go? The four, two, three, one seems better defensively, but not sure we'll get all our best players on the field with it. Yeah, I mean, I think when Bo comes back and obviously, you know, whenever that happens and Booch is on the roster, you're going to have to get two strikers, I think. You don't want your a DP sitting on the bench. That's not why you get a DP. Uh, so overall, whether it's a, you might see a difference in formation in the sense that that four four two isn't looking like a diamond. You're getting a guy like Barrero out wide. I think that's really the key when you have him come in, he's going to have to be someone that's out wide. We've seen what he does. We've seen players like Tejon not really excel in the diamond. They're better when they're out on the wings, being able to attack defenders. Uh, so I definitely expect to see uh, two men up front. And I, I would probably say a 4-4-2, just being able to utilize a guy like Dylan Barrero on the wings is probably what you'll see. Yeah, I struggle with this one because I think you're going to have a trouble when, you know, assuming Barrero is one of your best players or one of your, you know, top 11 players, I think you're going to have trouble getting them all out on the field at the same time. Um, and maybe, you, maybe you shouldn't, maybe, you know, there's a lot of games, there's you know, opportunities to sub guys and rotate and there's plenty of minutes to go around. But I think if you're trying to fit everybody out in the field, let's say that's Bo, Buxa, Carles Heel, Barrero, Leggett, um, you know, on the attacking side, I think you're going to have trouble doing that. Um, without you know really messing up the balance of the team, I think the four two three one seems better defensively. I agree with that. I think it seems better overall, um, and maybe that means when Gustavo Bo comes back, he he gets a little bit you know some minutes at the left wing. Um, maybe there's rotation up top. Obviously, he's a guy that's had injuries. He probably shouldn't be playing ninety minutes every game. You know, Altador is there as well. Um, so you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a bit more of the four two three one going forward even when Gustavo Bo's out there and sometimes that maybe that means Bo's playing at left midfield and sometimes maybe that means Sebastian Legette's on the bench because um, I don't think Sebastian Legette can kind of play the Tommy McNamara role in that formation so I, I don't know it's going to be very interesting to see what Bruce says going forward but I, I don't think there is a great solution right now to get all of their best players on the field and you know yes we saw it work last year um, with Tejan Buchanan being you know, more of a wide guy in a diamond which is you know not which is pretty unusual Um and, you know, maybe Barrero can do that, too. Um, and I think Barrero, we heard, you know, actually was a defensive midfielder earlier in his career. So maybe he can you know, be more versatile and, and play more essentially. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's what Bruce is intending for him to do. He wants him to be more like Tejan Buchanan from everything we've heard. So I don't know. It's, it, there's, a, there's a lot of question marks going forward on how this works. Um, but I do think the Revolution need to find a way, if they are playing that diamond, to be more defensively sound than they have been earlier on in the season. Um, and, you know, when that's Boateng, uh, at left midfield or whether that's Barrero playing at left midfield I think you, you need more defensive work out of them than you've been getting so uh, it, it's going to be there's going to be some difficult questions for Bruce Arena to answer going forward um, and personally I'm not sure that getting 
you know, your top, all of your top attackers on the field at the same time is the right answer. Yeah, and I just, it's kind of going to be interesting to see him adjust to it. But I would have to say, if you're kind of taking the fact that Gustavo Bo's a DP or, you know, having the sick guys, right now, the 4 2 3 1 is definitely your best formation. So maybe that's something you have to bite the bullet. And, you know, there's a guy you want in the field and maybe he starts off on the bench. Uh, but I would say, at least, especially after tonight's performance, it seems like probably the best. Uh, if you're just looking at results and just the best for this team, taking out money and you know contracts, whatever you want to call it, I, w- I would have to say the four two three one looked really good. Yeah, so it, it, a lot a lot of questions going forward and a lot of difficult decisions for Bruce Arena. Uh, Charles Maddox on Twitter asked, "Does Arena make the most of Turner for the rest of this time in any since he knows how to control the back line? And would someone like Omar benefit from that kind of organization?" I mean, I think you want to continue to get Kessler and Farrell out there. I do think you're going to see a lot of Turner. He's talked about how he wants to, you know, leave this team on a good note. He wants to be able to leave on good terms because he just cares about the club so much. He kind of talked about it, how he's kind of like choking up uh, when his name was announced uh, before the game. So I definitely think you'll see plenty of uh, Matt Turner that he'll get plenty of runs out there. I think you'll see more of Kessler and uh, Farrell. You might see a guy like Omar get a start in a cup game. Obviously, Bruce Arena isn't exactly the biggest fan of the tournament and would love to rest some guys for those games. So maybe you see him there. Uh, but I think you you have to get Kessler and Farrell out there. I love Omar, but I think he's more suited to that bench role, that occasional start. And I think ideally you see those coming in cup games or just later in the season when more guys might be worn down. So I don't know if putting him in these matches just to get him with Turner and see what he's able to do would do anything. Because it seems like now that Kessler's healthy, you got Farrell. He seems like the clear, I would say probably third, maybe. I'd I'd probably say third uh, defenseman on the depth chart. You know, he's a veteran guy. He can bring you that confidence that you know he's not going to make a mistake in terms of you know getting cards that he's going to you know hopefully know where to be and have that aerial presence uh, but I don't think you need to be forcing him into games just to have him with Matt Turner so we'll be interested to see what happens but I definitely think in terms of Turner you're going to see a lot of him before he heads to Arsenal and that will obviously be a good thing for the Revs because if they keep playing like they did tonight uh, they'll be able to pick up uh, plenty of points. Yeah, I agree with all that, and I think anyone would benefit from having Turner back there, whether it's Omar or anyone else in the back line. Um, but I don't want to see Omar getting more time just because Turner's back. I think Henry Kessler and Andrew Farrell have a very good partnership together. That that is clearly the Revs' best center back pairing. Um, you know, I, I at the same time, Henry Kessler is a guy that's had a few injuries over the past couple seasons, so I, I don't think that you want to be playing him. You know, two games in a week. I think you want to give him. You know a full week's rest between games if you can. So like that open cup game coming up, you know, I would expect to see, you know, Omar Gonzalez probably playing that, like you said. Um, but, you know, assuming it's a, it's a week where, or sorry, a, a week where the revolution have a full, a full time to rest and there's not a midweek game. I would like to see Henry Kessler and Andrew Fowl out there for every game. Um, and I think, I think most revolution fans would too, especially after some of the mistakes we've seen from Omar Gonzalez this season. Um, but a, a, of course, any defender is going to benefit from having Matt Turner back there. You know, on the flip side, um, when you talk about Turner's organization and maybe some of that being lacking from Earl Edwards or, or Brad Knighton, 
I would have thought that the Revolution would have benefited from having a guy like Omar with his veteran experience back there in those games where Turner missed and would have been more organized because of Omar. Um, so, you know, a, a couple ways I could take this comment. But, I, I again, like like you said, I think Kessler and, and Farrell are clearly the Rose best center back pairing, and, and Omar should be a rotational piece going forward when the Revolution need him. Uh, Gabby on Twitter asked, do you think Bruce seeing Rivera play well tonight will have him reconsider giving Noel Buck or maybe Esmer... I'm going to botch his last name. Bajrat Terovich. Is that I don't know, Sam, if you can help me there. I just call him Esmer. Esmer is the way to go. Um, you know, the 17-year-old is with Revs two minutes throughout the season. Any thoughts on that one, Sam? Um, I would say it might even possibly encourage him to give a guy like those those chances. Bruce kind of talked about it after the match that you want to make sure that when you're putting these guys in these situations that it's going to be beneficial to them. It's not going to, you know, like, tear down the morale or whatever it may be obviously scoring a goal in the first minute uh definitely helps in terms of morale uh but i wouldn't be surprised if you see a guy like noel buck uh get a run out there there's a lot of hype about him and also too just with the injuries that the squad has had to deal with you know whether it be an open cup match like like uh i just mentioned with uh omar gonzalez wouldn't it be surprising to get a run out there he's doing quite well uh, with Revs too, and now that he's healthy, he seems like he's going to consistently get minutes. And I think, you know, moving forward, we'll probably definitely see more of Rivera. But I don't know if that will exactly harm a guy like Buck getting minutes, because ideally, you want to get these young guy minutes and young guys minutes and build their experience so that when players move on or you need someone to step up, you can call upon them. So I definitely think, if anything, it might you know increase the chances of a guy like Noel Buck possibly getting minutes because Bruce had his you know trust. He trusted Rivera and ended up paying off, so he might be more willing to give a guy like Noel Buck uh, some minutes. Yeah, I mean we'll see. It took it took Bruce what three seasons to give Rivera his first start. Um, you know, Bucks just got here or just got to the first team rather. Asmir is not even on the first team yet. Um, I think we'll see some of Buck in, in like the Open Cup. I don't know if we'll see much of him in the MLS regular season. I definitely think Rivera's earned more time, but we've definitely seen a kind of a wait and see approach from Bruce as far as giving these young guys, you know, a couple of seasons to get their their feet under them and get used to being with the first team. Um, so I don't think just seeing Rivera play well again after three seasons with the first team and finally getting his you know first team start. Um, will lead to him rushing Buck to start. Um, and certainly, as, as long as Esmer is signed with Revs 2 and not with the first team, I don't think we'll see him in any MLS action. I don't expect uh, I don't expect he'll get any MLS action this year, certainly. Maybe they'll sign him with the first team next year. Um, he could play in the Open Cup. Uh, we might see that. And I, I certainly think we'll see Buck in the Open Cup. But uh, I'm not ready to say that just because Rivera played well in this game, Bruce is going to you know kind of change his approach and, and give the young guys more minutes. It's never really been his MO um, as a coach, but I'd like to see it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Tra- Traeger J. Doretti on Twitter says, The win is nice, but their inability to put teams away is a huge problem for me. Their adaptive mentality of we don't need to score, they do, needs to change. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say that overall when it comes to this team, I think you know the last two years, kind of being able to put teams away, uh, it's been up and down. Obviously, last year they were just able to find that goal to you know give them a win or to make a loss into a draw. And this year, it hasn't been the case. They've been allowing those goals and not being able to close out games. I do, obviously, it's against a nine-man Miami team, but just the fact they were able to close out that game uh, was a step in the right direction. But it's definitely something that you want to see get tested. Uh, Against a nine-man Miami, you can't exactly say they were tested. So seeing the next matches, if they're able to 
pick up points and close out teams will be very important because especially those last 15 minutes, they've just really struggled and have allowed goals late late in the game. So I think it's definitely something that you need to keep an eye on if the Revolution are kind of going to get back into things, get back in that contender mode. They need to show that they're able to put teams out, whether that be you know, simply defending well or also, to getting that crucial third goal or fourth goal, whatever it may be, and putting a team away. But it's definitely something they need to prove. Before we get our hopes too high, obviously, they're still at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, but they are a very talented team who should be competing uh, at the top of the Eastern Conference. But they need to prove that they're able to close teams out, whether it be, like I said, defensively or by getting a crucial goal. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And this kind of goes back to my point and the point that was made earlier is that it would have been nice to see them put a couple more in this game because this was a game that, you know, the circumstances dictated um, that the Revolution were going to have a pretty easy time late in this one with two red cards to Miami to both their center backs and with them having used up all their subs uh, because of the two injuries in the first half. You know, there was an opportunity for the Revolution to really put Miami away. And they they didn't need to because Miami wasn't a threat. Um, But it would have been nice to see them do that, you know, kind of for some of these reasons mentioned here is that, you know, they they haven't been putting teams away. So this was an opportunity to score a lot of goals and they didn't. Um, Again, we shouldn't be complaining about a 2-0 victory. um, But it it would be nice to see the Revolution do a better job of putting teams away. Like you said, even last year um, when they had a phenomenal season, there were a lot of one-goal wins. Um, where you know one mistake could have led to the other team tying, so uh, it's just something to watch going forward. Um, Tim O'Brien on Twitter uh, has a hot take. He says Kessler being back is bigger than Turner. He truly anchors that D. Uh, would you agree with that, Sam? Um, I don't know if I would say if Turner was to stay here, he would be more important. But I think he's kind of getting to a point that having Kessler back and having him, you know, continue to build chemistry with Farrell. You know, when Turner's gone, that's going to be very important, just having him healthy. He's going to have to kind of be like Andrew Farrell in the sense, kind of like that Iron Man who's always out there uh, getting minutes. He's going to be a real crucial part of that back line. Uh, so, obviously, uh, if Turner was to stay here, I think his, you know, having him back would be much more important. Uh, but I think there is something to be said to just how talented Henry Kessler is, how great of a defender he is, and especially when a guy like Matt Turner heads to Arsenal in the summer transfer window, he's going to be a real key part because, again, Petrovic is a young kid. We're hearing all these great things, but he's going to have to get used to MLS. And having Kessler and Farrell there will do him a lot of help, kind of you know, keeping him calm, knowing he has a solid back line in front of him. So I, there is some, some to, point to it of Kessler's return being important. Uh, but overall, I would still have to say that Matt Turner is probably the most important. Yeah, and just one one thing I'll add here is it's tough for me to take too much away from this game defensively from the Revolution because Miami had those injuries. Miami, you know, struggled in this game. They had those injuries. Campania, who's been so good for him, so good for them recently. You know, one of the top scorers in the league right now got hurt. Center backs got hurt. It was not. It was not a top performance for Miami, understandably so. Um, the back line wasn't tested that much. Again, understandably so. They were playing with a, a winger at striker because of all the injuries they had with, you know, Higuain injured as well. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as this take goes, I would say that I would tend to agree only because of how poor Omar Gonzalez had been for the revolution in recent weeks. I think I'm more down on Omar Gonzalez than Sam is. Um, and I think because of that, I think the, the difference between Kessler and Omar Gonzalez to me is, is so big that, um, 
that makes such a huge difference. With that said, I think the difference between Turner and Brad Knighton is also huge. Um, so I, I could I can make an argument that this is true, but Matt Turner is the best goalkeeper in the league. And if you were staying with the team all season, um, you know he's a guy that can just win games on his own with his amazing save ability. So um, it, it, I could go either way with this one. <laughs> yeah, the whole Turner like leaving thing makes it like kind of hard, obviously. Yeah, I mean they gotta they gotta learn to play without Turner one way or another. So um it's yeah <laughs> Kessler being back is hopefully a long-term thing assuming he stays healthy Turner is you know a couple months thing um Gustavo Lopez asked about the jet we already covered that so I'll skip over that one James Downing had a few questions first he says it's safe to say Chris Falukas can put away his panic button away so long as our, we have our best keeper Matt Turner and defenders on the field yeah I mean also Chris Lucas can be happy that the U.S. Open Cup is returning, I wanted to mention this. And since Chris is being mentioned, since he didn't get the tournament canceled again, we're going to start seeing these young players get minutes there that we haven't because Chris, if you don't remember, got the tournament canceled, I believe, possibly two years in a row. <laughs> um, so I think that's an important part. But, yeah, definitely put the panic button away. We got Matt Turner for a little bit. We got Henry Kessler, Andrew Farrell healthy. And Petrovic seems to be like a very good goalie. Obviously, you want to be closer uh, to the top of the Eastern Conference standings, but that can come panic button firmly put away. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. As long as they stay healthy, um, you can keep that panic button away, as kind of James hinted at. Um, but, you know, as we've seen this season, there's no guarantee they stay healthy. So um, when everyone's available, it's clear this team is a lot better than the record. It's it's the depth that, you know, when a lot of guys have been needed to be replaced, haven't haven't done as well this year as they did last year. So... Um, yeah, healthy, healthy revs team is a good revs team. Once one or two guys goes down, that's when you start to have to worry. Um, James asked, why did we finally see Billy Captoom? Uh, which is, I gotta add David Sibillion also asked Captoom may have had his best game as a rev thoughts. Will he get more playing time? Uh, I mean, I, I don't exactly know if you want to call it his best performance. I mean, he did score a goal, we forget. So he, he has had some pretty good performances, uh, but overall, I would say I don't think this is a sign for me when I saw him come in in my head. I'm like, oh, this is something this is where a guy like Maciel would come in um, if he was, uh, I guess, fully healthy. Bruce did say that all 27 guys on the roster practice, uh, but Maciel and John Bell didn't make uh, the first team roster. Maybe we see them tomorrow, possibly against uh, Inter Miami's second team. Uh, but I that's what I thought that, you know, Maciel would normally be filling that substitution i thought he looked good you know again he was playing a nine-man miami team it's pretty easy to look good there uh but i don't think it's enough where you're gonna see his minutes increase exponentially maybe it's not like he's gonna all of a sudden become a starter i, I you know he had a solid performance but he still has a long way to go both him and arnold tristison if they want to you know crack the starting 11 which is what we all expected from them uh when they first came over here so Let's, let's, let's pump the brakes on uh, Billy Captain. Yeah, I completely agree with that. He looked good, but against the nine-man team, you know, playing 30 minutes, I, I can't take anything away from that. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a disastrous game. He looked good, but I think any central midfielder going up against a nine-man team that had pretty much given up at that point um, was going to have a good performance. So I, I'm I'm not taking anything at all away from Billy Captain's performance. Um, and then James Downing's last question was, can I get your thoughts on the Dylan Barrero signing? Yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting for me because I was able to speak with uh, 
my friend Pedro over at Radio Gallo News uh, in Brazil, and, you know, they cover Athletic Mineiro, and I was able just to ask him a few questions about uh, Dylan for an article I did in the Bent Musket, and what really stood out to me, it, it's still the same with Petrovic as well, too, that, number one, these are young players, and Dylan is a young player. You know, uh, Pedro was telling me that Dylan's a player that still needs to be molded, and, you know, he kind of needs... Uh, almost like a mentor just to kind of continue to build him as a player obviously having Bruce Arena that's a pretty good uh person to have mold you as a player but he's definitely a young guy I think like you mentioned his ability he started off as a defensive mid and kind of transitioned more to that wing role that will probably help him out as well but also too uh you know speaking to Radio Gallo News they mentioned that you know he's a skinny kid and he's a young kid so he's gonna need to get stronger he's gonna need to adjust to uh the MLS style of play, it's definitely, you know, very physical. Um, I definitely would say more physical uh, than Brazil. And it's a different style of game. So I think it'll take him some time. But I, I think it's a good move. Obviously, utilizing that U22 initiative is very important. And just being able to bring in more youth and fit, fix a need. Obviously, bringing in an attacker who can, you know, do damage on the wing is something this team has desperately missed since Tejon Buchanan left. And this is a start, and I just think you need to remember that he's a young kid. But you know, playing in Mineral, those are one of that's that's one of the best teams in Brazil right now. Very competitive squad, so he he definitely ha- has the talent. It'll just be interesting to see how he's able to adjust. It's been again, we were just talking about Wilfred Capsum, Arnitrist, and seeing those players adjust to you know the style of play in MLS. It can take some players some long a long time, but with Barrero, you're hoping that'll be able to make an impact sooner or later. But overall, I definitely like the transfer and think it's a good move for the future. And maybe just res fans, they might be expecting him to instantly make an impact. You might have to wait a little bit to see what he's really made of. Yeah, I think I think you said it well. I'm excited by the signing, but mid-season international signings, you know, usually with, with a few exceptions, take time to adjust the league. Um, I think he's coming in a tough spot. I think he's going to be a very good player for the revolution, but you might not see that till next year. Um, again, it's really tough when you don't get a preseason under your belt and you're kind of coming in midseason. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Barrero, but I, I think he'll be a good player for the revolution. Just don't be surprised if it takes that year um, for him to you know really find his footing in MLS. Um, as you said, six stars, any uh, on Twitter asked, do you think this tactical change is a sign of things to come? I know we discussed it a bit. Was there anything else you wanted to add here? Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they're able to stick with it, at least until Bo comes out. But, you know, besides that, yeah, just like we talked about, you know, four, two, three, one seems to do quite well for the ribs. And a question came in that we already covered, but I just want to mention Steve McGrogan also was concerned about the revs not capitalizing and making a statement scoreline and wondered if it was worrying that the revolution didn't have that killer clinical instinct of the final third. We already touched on that, so I'm not going to go back to it. Um, one more question we got, Matthew Skillen on Twitter uh, asked, where does Andrew Farrell rank in terms of club legend breaking records for starts and appearances is super impressive. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, there's even debates about if he's a club legend, you know, for some people. He's definitely a club legend. And I think, you know, we can forget just how, first off, how talented a player he is. He's a very solid center back. And just how long he's been to the cl- been with the club, what he's meant to the club. Uh, it's really tough. You know, you have players like Charlie Joseph and, and uh, Taylor Twelman, all these great guys. I would say he's kind of like knocking on that that top five uh door if not there that that's kind of where i'd feel comfortable uh but definitely called legends definitely 
it, it was great to see him, you know, break these milestones and really establish himself. You know, these past two years, I think he's been done quite well. And it's just been great to see him be able to thrive, you know, with a club he's been with for so long. But I definitely think, again, club legend, you know, probably, you know, cl- closer to that top five when it comes to players. The Revs have had some great players, so um, it's kind of a tough list lists to crack especially the top five but around that top five you know definitely in the top 10 i would say yeah and i mean he's a guy that's gotten four defender of the year awards for the revolution so he's obviously been a key player for them for a long time and now getting all these appearances minutes records starts records um is extremely impressive and i think you have to include him in the club legend as a club legend uh with that said where does he rank among the club legends i think that's a, a tougher question because you know, there's guys that have been with the club for a really long time and have played a lot of games like Andrew Farrell, Chris Tierney, um, you know, that you can have those debates on, on where they rank. But I wouldn't put those guys in the talent level of somebody like a Taylor Twelman or a Shawry Joseph, um, you know, who are, I think are the, the first two names that go on any Revolution Mount Rushmore. Um, and then Steve Ralston as well, who I think is right up there, and, and Matt Reese. I think, you know, is he at the level of those four guys? No. Um, you know, is he top five yet? No. I still put, you know, even a guy like Lee Wynn ahead of him. Is he top 10? I think that's a, a good conversation to have and you know, probably is. I'd have to think about that more. Um, but it, it is tough because he's, you know, a very talented player. He's played a ton of minutes for the Revolution. But I, I would still say guys like Shara Joseph and Taylor Twelman, um, you know, are a class above when you say, you know, Shara Joseph in my mind, was the best defensive midfielder in MLS for a portion of his career. Taylor Twelman was right up as one of the top strikers, if not the top striker in MLS for a portion of his career. Steve Rawson was the top right midfielder in MLS for a portion of his career. I don't think there was any time where I'd say Andrew Farrell was the top center back in MLS. He's been a very good center back, uh, but I don't think I'd ever say he was in the top center back or even in the conversation for top center back in MLS. And that's where you know I struggle a bit when you're kind of deciding how much of a club legend this guy is. But again, when you're the all-time minutes leader, the all-time game starter leader, the all-time game played leader, I think you have to be considered a club legend, right? Yeah, exactly. And obviously you have those guys like Taylor Twelman and Charlie Joseph and, and Ralston who just have that talent. But there's also some guys who, you know, whether it be longevity or whatever it may be, that, you know, really do mean a lot to the club. So it's kind of tough, you know, balancing that and, you know, judging on that. And, you know, like you mentioned, you still have guys like Lee Wynn and, and Matt Reese and Chris Tierney, who've all made great impacts and were great for the club. So it's definitely tough. It's kind of the whole uh, conversation, not not to get too broad, but just I know that on Rev's Twitter, the, the conversation of retiring numbers can come up. And it's like, if you really want to retire all these numbers, there's going to be a decent amount. Because uh, the Rev's have had some really talented players who have been able to make an impact. And some players who have also, you know, just been here for a, a long time. But, you know, like you mentioned, you know, Farrell was able to pick up those Defender of the Year awards. Was he the best uh, center back in all of MLS? That that can be up for debate. But I, I would have to say that top 10 is probably where I would I would uh, sit in terms of his spot in Rev's club legend infamy, if you'd like to call it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't I wouldn't say he's knocking at um, Rev's Mount Rushmore, which is would be, you know, for those that haven't heard that conversation, you know, the Mount Rushmore would be the top four players. I wouldn't say he's knocking on that yet, but I think top 10 is probably a fair place to put him. 
Um, and, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, you know, there are names that get lost in the club legend conversation. I think that should be mentioned a lot more. Guys like Jay Heaps, um, who played a ton of minutes for this club and were, you know, really good for the team um, and was was a part of, up until Bruce Arena became coach, was a part of every single championship game the Revolution had played in, uh, whether it was Open Cup, Superliga, or MLS Cup as either a player or a coach. Um, so there are, there are a lot of names that you need to talk about when you're kind of putting out that list. And I think we could do an entire podcast on that and we've already spent a long time on it. So I'm not going to do that, but, uh, in my mind, Nero Farrell, definitely a club legend, but, um, he's still got a, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to ever get to kind of the Mount Rushmore level of club legends for the Revs. And just for the reason that, you know, those, all, the guys that I have in, you know, that Revs Mount Rushmore, you can make a case where the best in MLS at their position for a time period. And I, I, I won't. I couldn't make that case for Andrew Farrell um, as good as he's been for the Revs. And I think that was it for listener questions. Let me take one last look at Twitter because they've been nonstop coming in as we've been been recording, uh, and I don't want to don't want to miss any. And I know some have come in that we've kind of already covered, so I don't want to repeat ourselves. But yeah, that that's it. Um, so with that in mind, Sam, do you have any final thoughts? Oh uh, no, nah, just uh, you know, thank you for having me uh, on, Sean, and. If you aren't following me already, you know, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore Minton 22. And, you know, just make sure to check all of the work over at the Bent Musket. Make sure to give us a follow. Uh, give everyone on the staff a follow. And we just, you know, greatly appreciate everyone who looks at the work that we do. Uh, but, you know, once again, Sean, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Sam, thanks so much for joining us. And like like Sam said, make sure you follow our friends over at the Bent Musket. Um, you know, Sam mentioned his article about Dylan Barrero. Definitely check that out to get more insight on what type of player he is. And, and you know, a little bit more insight on maybe the patience that you should have with him that, you know, he's probably not going to come in and, and hit the ground on fire. Um, you know, so that's, I thought that was a very good article and there's all sorts of great stuff at the Bent Musket. So certainly check that out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Donahue, and of course, follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revolution Recap. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, and thanks again for listening. We actually are hoping to be back later this week with the midweek podcast. Um, once we firm that up, we'll, we'll give you more details. And of course, we'll be back next weekend um, after the next Revolution game. Hopefully more wins to talk about and, and less depressing losses like we've had earlier in the season. Uh, thanks again, Sam. And thanks again for everyone that listened.